Quentin actually sent me a different thing to use. And I might use it. I was thinking about using it today, but I had never even played with it. You know, Quentin is like my Obi-Wan Kenobi in this, like, producer shit. He's he's the tech support in his IT. Yeah, like, since the beginning, I remember that nigga was telling me, like, with technical details and shit, I was like, nigga, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's like, it's cool, man. It's cool. Like, Q will make you feel calm about some shit that you wouldn't normally feel calm about. True. And you'd be like, nigga, I don't know. The fuck. It's, it's, it's cool, bro. It's cool. It's going to be all right. <laughs> True. I was like, all right, this is my nigga for life. <laughs> um, But yeah, I like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be that person, but therapy is dope, bro. Like, it's now the next couple weeks are going to be struggling because, like, my therapist, he was like, the in like two sessions, we're going to write down every traumatic event that's happened to you since you were a child. I was like, oh shit, nigga. <laughs> what? <laughs> What did you say, nigga? Say, nigga. <laughs> mm, get somebody else to do it. <laughs> right. Uh-uh. Can we uh fill this shit in with somebody else, brother? Oh my god. Ooh, and I was like, whoo. She as she told me about like that's something when she started going to like counseling that happened. And like she was like, Yeah. It's real. And I was like, she said, I don't know if I'll keep this in, but she was like, they, when she went to counseling, they even asked how, like, what was the environment you were born into? Like, what were your parents, like, feeling and shit like that? And I was like, I don't want to even experience, like, my grandmother, my mom's mom was dying of cancer when I was born. Well, when, I was conceived and I was born two months after she died. That's some sick shit, bro. I just <laughs> like I'm trying to think about every trauma that I can remember, and that is just like I was like, oh, I'm glad you prepared me for that because. I like I was setting up like the next session for him. Like it was gonna be like two weeks. But he was like, is two weeks good or is that too soon? Or it's like, is it three weeks? He was trying to like prepare before Thanksgiving. And I was like, you know, I I wanna um have another session before my birthday. He's like, Oh, when's your birthday again? I was like, it's the twenty fourth, but that's Thanksgiving Day. And he was like, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, I was also born on Thanksgiving. And he was like, like I saw his eyes light up. And he was like, so how was that? And this is like at the end of our session. And I'm like, he was like, before I can even say that, he was like, because I know like two different groups of people. I know people who love their birthday because it's on a holiday. And I know people who 
hate their birthday because it's on holiday. And I was like, I hate my birthday. And I saw this nigga's eyes light up. Like, you know, I don't know if you remember, but like in 2012, LeBron is on the road against the Celtics. And before the game, they capture him. And his eyes are looking up and he's like in game mode. That's how my therapist looked when I said I hate my birthday. I was like, yeah, nigga. Let's look. Let's dive deep, nigga. <laughs> you just gave this nigga some more content. Right. Hey, he was like, I'm about to bang on these motherfuckers. <laughs> he was like, I've been waiting for a chance like this. And I was like, yeah. Get your game, young nigga. <laughs> oh, we. Uh... But see, I don't know. We don't hate our birthdays because of, like, holiday, I don't think. I think the older you get, it's just, I don't know, something different about your birthday. It is. It's um, because people romanticize birthdays so much to where it's like, you feel like if you don't have, like, a literal perfect day, which is so hard to find as a human. I Like, we both live to be 33, like we can probably count on our both hands how many perfect days we've had. Yeah. And you enjoy them and you hopefully you have the awareness to where you can um, fully embrace it and then you can reflect on it later because that's what perfect days, like we said, are so like far few and far between mm-hmm. that you can like really be like yo that was like when my earth was centered yeah so like we be trying to live up to that shit especially it's always worse like for me my birthday has always been at least the week of thanksgiving sometimes it's on thanksgiving sometimes it's not which a lot of niggas don't understand and I've had to explain to a lot of my friends, be like, no, Thanksgiving isn't the same day each year. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you tired, nigga. <laughs> Imagine 33 years of this shit. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's. You be trying to build it up to be something that you can't possibly achieve. But when, like, the first, like, real thing, like, uh, Christmas, I mean, not Christmas, first real birthday I experienced to where I uh, got to celebrate my birthday and it was, like, cool and somebody threw a party for me was when Chance threw a party for me when I was 21 and 22. Like that's some wild shit that you grow. Chance parties were legendary. Nothing can top my twenty second birthday because we were all in that garage, lit as fuck, and we were all singing in pursuit of happiness on my twenty second birthday. That's the dopest shit that will ever happen to me. (laughs) That's a moment. That's a core memory. Yeah, like, nothing will ever surpass literally all of my best friends in the same room 
singing my favorite song ever. Yeah. So you're chasing that high. Yeah. And you yeah. can't. You can't beat that. Yeah. Some of the, some of the, two of those people in that room, I know for sure, without thinking about it, are deceased now. You can't beat that shit. And it's like crazy because there's always pressure on birthdays to like make her your next one better than the last one. You chase you chasing a high you can't get. Yeah. So like you be setting yourself up for failure, especially when you somebody like us who have we're both Sagittarius. We're born in late fall, winter, right before Christmas, which I'm sure if your parents were like my parents, which we have settled, was the facts. You had a lot of birthday gifts that were Christmas and birthday. Sla- the slash gifts. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> then you not having birthday parties like that. Yeah. It is always funny, though, when I be thinking about, like, the divine like bullshit that happened for us to make this podcast. The fact that I'm eight de- eight days older than you is fucking insane. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's some universe. I know. It's like okay, and then eight days, literally, not like different year. Eight days after I was born, you a were fucking week and a day. That shit's crazy. Like that's some next level shit. Yeah, because I was supposed to be born on December 9th. Nigga, I was supposed to be born on October the 24th. Dang. I was a month overdue. Wanted to cook a little longer. Right. But also Patricia Woods was one of them old school women, even though she was only like 23, that was like, nah, we ain't take this baby out too early. We don't yeah. know what will happen. Yeah. <laughs> True, but me being a whole ass month late is the funniest shit in the fucking <laughs> world. Uh, I mean, it, I wouldn't say that it was on brand because you're not like a late person, but in some shit. sense, it is. Cause it's like the anxiety part. Right. So I was just in a month, like, I was just sitting in, like, my mom's stomach. Just being the The hiding from society. Right. (laughs) Like, nigga, that's a wild shit. (laughs) A month overdue, though. Ooh, I don't see how she did it, because most women get to a month before and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm ready. Especially because, like, like my parents' hometown is uh, 30 minutes away from the hospital I was born. So she was having to drive to Vicksburg for, like, a month because she was overdue. That shit. That's a lot. That's a lot. And your last month of pregnancy? Oof. What a time Shana. to be Shana alive. 
<laughs> what is how to not be alive? <laughs> chow, chow, chow. Mm. But yeah, so like when I set up the appointment and I saw that nigga's eyes light up, I was like, yo, it's about to be crazy. But I, mean, I, I like he's, he's good at what he does so far. Yeah, like he seems like I, I hope I say this without being offensive if he ever listens, which I don't know if he will because I don't fucking know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so he seems very well suited to talk to other black men. Mm-hmm. Which is dope as fuck to me. Because yeah. it's so hard to open up to other uh, black men, especially men that are slightly older than you. Mm-hmm. So it's like I respect like for me this is the uh slightly elder stuff that I would I like. I can be fully transparent and it's dope. And I, I wanna talk about it like not hopefully it doesn't turn people off from like there's a perceived elite elitist. Uh, ideal about seeking therapy, and hopefully, other black men know. Sorry, because I'm definitely not seeing him at my worst. So yeah. I'm seeing him at a at a place where I feel like I can vocalize. Uh, how I feel emotionally in a. Not uh, and I not uh, where you're like outside of it, like you're not like yeah, I'm 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 past it, yeah, I'm past like the true trauma. Now talking about it will probably be hard, but I'm playing two on one against my brain. Yeah. I've been battling my brain one on one. My whole life, like just raw doggy life. That shit. <laughs> <laughs> raw doggy life is wild as fuck. <laughs> shit, who you telling? <laughs> and then, and then, like using like drugs or alcohol is like getting a gas station pill to like <laughs> to fix your sex life. Like you doing this shit all the way wrong. <laughs> yeah. You think that rhino pill gonna save your shit? <laughs> Might work for a little bit, but <laughs> not for the long run, my nigga. <laughs> so like other young black men who are listening to this or the young white men or men, women. And our cousins who are non-binary. Therapy can be rough, but I like where I'm headed as a person. I think going into it knowing that it's not going to be like uh, like fix-all immediately. Because I feel like people go to therapy and they think like, okay, I'll be straight in a month. or Right. But it's just like, no, it's a lot of ongoing 
work that you have to do for it to actually be effective. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure everybody understands. Um, because, like, yeah, it's, especially in our community, it takes a lot for us to accept that we may need help because the way we are socialized as young black kids is what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not, a lot of people think that that's a thing to where like in truly like abusive situations happen. Mm-hmm. But no, just everyday life. Yeah. We're taught that. So yeah. like it's important to like for us to destigmatize seeking help when we need it. What? I think it's my smacker. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Bro, nigga, I woke up in the middle of the night. I had put a notebook at the end of my bed and I kept hearing a noise. I was like, what the fuck is that? And the then papers. Like, yeah, the papers were <laughs> going up and down because it was like at the end of my bed and the, like the fan is right above it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And so like at five in the morning, I'm playing like mystery uh, machine straight Scooby-Doo shit trying to figure out what the fuck is that noise. I'm terrified of mice. Been there, done that. But as a man, being terrified of mice seems like the most bitch shit that ever fucking happened. (laughs) I mean, mice are pretty terrifying. Any rodent. Right. But, you know, as an animal lover, a part of me thinks that, like, Mice are really cute. Not mm. rats. Not rats. Rats are fucking disgusting. And we should exterminate them from Earth. <laughs> rats and roaches can get on up out of here. Hey, fuck ro- <laughs> ratches and roaches. Fuck all this bullshit. Y'all try to play cute with these motherfuckers. Mice? I like Stuart a little. <laughs> <laughs> you know I like Stewart. Stewart, me, I fucks with Stewart. That was a big movie in our, it, during our time. That shit came out what, like fifth grade for us. I feel like it was like a perfect time for us, like to appreciate it. It was so much like animal obsession coming up. Between that and Dr. Doolittle and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and... You know what? I don't feel like these new kids understand, like, these new babies, they don't understand, like, movies fully catered for, like, your age demographic. Yeah. I get that they be having shows or shit you can watch on YouTube, but it's something different to go to, like, a theater and be able to experience, like, some shit that's totally unbelievable, mm-hmm. but it's some kid shit. Like they yeah, going. We we got a lot of them animal movies, like animal perspective movies. Yeah, where um, the animals were either talking or like just were like the story revolved around like Shiloh. Think about yeah. like Shiloh 
or Airbud. Yeah. Or reading books like Where the Red Fern Grows. Clifford. Yeah. Hank the Cow Dog. What else? Um, I'm trying to think. We already talked about Stuart Little. Uh, I'm trying to think of other. Even the fucking cartoon, like Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern and- Life. Cat Angry dog, Beavers. Angry Beavers. Angry Beavers was that shit, though. The Berenstain Pe- Bears. Like, oh my god, I love the Berenstain Bears. It was so many a goofy movie, goof troop. Alright, let's talk about this for a second. I think we've <laughs> talked about it before. But a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie are like the blackest Disney movies <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah. Like, for sure. Even like in a goofy movie. So you have Tevin Campbell being, being the voice of Powerline. But mm. Powerline is very clearly Bobby Brown. Yeah, the pants, the haircut, the jewelry. Even the two girls on the side of him, they look like the every step I take girls. Um, like, I never thought about that. Powerline was that nigga. Hey, Tevin Campbell just needs to do a Powerline album. I swear. Give it to us, bruh. Like, <laughs> we here. <laughs> we are the target demographic. And niggas don't want to give us the shit that we need, bro. And we have money now. Right. I'm ready for motherfuckers. <laughs> we don't got to ask our parents. Right. I'm ready for motherfuckers to respect the millennial dollar. Right, yeah. We get brief glimpses of it because, I mean, Rihanna is going to do the Super Bowl and Rihanna is like the ultimate millennial. She was even talking cash shit on fucking Twitter with the rest of us on black Twitter. That's how you know that's a real nigga. One shit I would I agree with, with fucking Charlemagne for the rest of my life is when he said that Rihanna is the realest nigga since Tupac. And I was like, that nigga is spitting. That's not far from the truth. <laughs> that nigga told a story about Rihanna taking them to some hood-ass fucking party in LA at like 2 in the morning, and she just rolling blunts for him. And I was like, God damn, that sounds like some dope-ass shit. I want to know Re- how like her recording for Wakanda was like the process. And that's about to to come out in a couple minutes, literally. Or It's a lot of new music about to come out. SZA's supposed to come out with something. Chloe Bailey's supposed to come out with something. Yeah, I saw that. Little snippet. It's somebody else. Somebody else. It's a lot of heavy hitters coming out with some shit. Um. Uh. Well, it's somebody like really big. the The Rihanna out like the Rihanna uh, song for Black Panther. I'm excited for, and I'm really excited for Black Panther. Uh, Wakanda Forever. Like we saw that together. I wonder if it's gonna be this. The same type of hype with black people. Like, are we gonna dress up again? 
Niggas is talking about that they wearing white because you know that's what they wore to the uh the premiere. Yeah, and and like white as a uh, celebration of chat with Bozeman's life. Okay, Which okay, should... okay. I I hate wearing white though. I literally hate wearing white. I love wearing white, and I, I got an all white sweatsuit just waiting for me. Of course, because you fly as shit. But as me, <laughs> as for me and Miles, <laughs> now I love wearing black too. Don't get me wrong. Hey, As a Mac girl, I'll, once a Mac girl, always a Mac girl. I still have my Mac wardrobe. I feel like once you get to the like the triple black ensemble, that's when you unleashed all the black. Like, can't nobody tell you shit about wearing like black after that. Yeah. Like, once you get to the triple black, like looking on some robber shit, and you look like this, nigga. You can't tell me shit. True. <laughs> Niggas was clutching pearls because I was wearing all black. Because this skin is black as fuck. Yeah, it's something about all black. Bla- black on black on black on black? Can't tell well, me nothing. Black. Can't tell me nothing. We're going to talk about that later, too. But look. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I don't know if look I've I've I go back and forth, real shit. I I do go back and forth about this. I'm not even bullshitting with this. I go back and forth because as a dark skinned person, growing up, I heard a lot that you're not supposed to wear white. Literally, it's the opposite. <laughs> Right. White be shining like a motherfucker on dark skin. Like, why wouldn't you wear light colors on dark skin? I mean, you could literally wear any color on dark skin. Let's be real. But, like, white of all the colors? It's because colorism. People be saying you look darker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, most shit, like, that was internalized, like, colorism that you see with a lot of dark skin niggas. A lot of that, luckily, I didn't buy into. But as far as like wearing white, that's one of the things I did buy. Into. I I'll never forget, and I love my mama to death, and she was the greatest mama in the world. But I was thinking about buying some white sunglasses once, and she was like, "No, you don't. Black chocolate boys don't wear white sunglasses." Yeah, it's just little shit like that. That you be adding up to that people like people don't even realize internalized colorism. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had so much of it, like I said, until my sister was born because she's two complexions lighter than me. But I specifically remember, like, if I ever did any activity outside and came back with a tan, like my mom always saying I needed to. Wash my neck because my neck looked dirty, and I would literally scrub my neck, and it would look the same. <laughs> and I'd just be like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> right." That's why I wouldn't like when dark skinned girls or dark skinned women, especially, 
when they talk about like their like what they had to deal with with colorism, I I definitely never try to minimize that. Yeah. Now, as a black man, it was I got some of the colorism when I was younger, but being like darker and handsome is not a bad thing. And I'm not even like saying that as like trying to be like that nigga, but I'm just being honest. Yeah. That's like like the epi- we literally I I got to say this now. Me and you recorded an episode that we haven't put out. And we talk about like desirability and some of the things like that. Yeah. Um when you're dark skinned and you're perceived as being good looking. Um it's a different it's a different struggle. You definitely go through things just for being dark skinned, but when you're being good looking for a dark skinned person or good looking for a fat person, mm-hmm. you go through a different struggle. And all of these ideas of desirability has so many variables that add or take away from your journey. And I wish people would be more honest about that. Yeah. Like, like I said, I can't I can't directly speak to like dark skin colorism and like personal experience, but I didn't really feel it until my sister was here and it was the comparison. Like that is when I really started noticing like damn this shit is kind of crazy like oh you and your sister you know y'all have the same parents or it's like bro she looks just like you it's so crazy though that like that was even a question because like especially for black people because it's just like we all come from families that have all kinds of complexions in them like there's no one family where everybody is the same complexion yeah so how Which, is it that y'all can't understand that two complexions can come from the same bloodline? The way I grew up, you would think that DeAndre was the lightest skinned nigga to ever exist compared to my black ass. Yeah. Like this this is this is gonna tell you some shit. I thought about this the other day. It, like, niggas act like Andre doesn't look like... Like, we, like I remember when it was one Father's Day. I posted a picture of our dad at different ages. And then, like, we grew up with... He was like, he can't deny it. Neither one of y'all. Like, yeah. We look the fucking alike. We have the same fucking parents, nigga. And then too, honestly, like I feel, I bet you if y'all were the same size, like physically, yeah, motherfuckers, wouldn't, people wouldn't question it at all. The pictures that I posted when I was skinny, when I was younger, people see it. Yeah, but it's like, bro, like it's, and I, it took. I'm not even gonna lie, it took a while for me to get over 
like the the difference but how how me and him were treated when we were mm-hmm. younger, especially when we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like I never forget my sister was like, You dress more urban than DeAndre. And I was thinking that fits my color aesthetic more. Mm-hmm. And my size. Like, I mean, yeah, urban fashion is gonna be shaped like niggas. <laughs> so it fits my aesthetic a little bit more. I don't want to be looking like Drewski. But then too, like because I was put in your head so much, like <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> she heard it. <laughs> you finally heard it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Dead ass. Um, but because it was put into your head so much, like you were probably for a long time unconsciously making decisions for yourself, like fashion wise and other, because of your skin tone. Like you probably had to double think shit that you put on because of your skin tone. Yeah. Like that's why, like, when we, like, we were joking, like, earlier about the triple black fit. As a younger person, I would have never, like, no. Like, as a person that, like, <laughs> some of the, the people that were the same, like, skin color as me, if I wore black shirts and I went to fucking high school, they like, people would do the thing where they cut the lights off and be like, Juice, where you go? Yeah. So it's, like, little, like, microaggressions from niggas that... One, I'm a cut. I've had. I'm had to edit this shit. But look, <laughs> so, so co- colorism does play a part, and I hate when people minimize it. But like, I don't know. It's desirability is complex, and it's way more complex than what Twitter will make you feel. Because like the the session that people probably won't hear. We were talking about uh, Jonathan Major and people saying he has civil rights face is like insane because body wise, he looks like a stereotypical jock nigga. Yeah, what every woman would want. Right. And he has two black features for black women, but then also niggas leaked that he dated white women. And then that made black and brown people upset. And I'm like, it's a lot of colorism shit that's going on that y'all don't even realize. Like, we have black ass features and you think that that makes somebody ugly? That's some sick shit. And I'm not even saying that as a a morally superior person or trying to be like on my high horse. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to unlearn a lot of the institutional racism and white supremacy that we are all affected by. But you know what's crazy is like also seeing it come full circle. Like we talked about it before, but just seeing how, you know, white people love being tan. Yeah. And, you know, getting lip fillers. Like I had this white woman at the bar the other day. She's just like, oh, I love your lips. And I'm thinking she's talking about, like, my lipstick. And I was like, oh, you know, it's just 
brown lip liner, nude lipstick. She's like, no, I mean your lips. And I was like, oh my God. Like now it's like right. I, don't, I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's correct to call it a fetish still, but it feels it, it's a thin line between it, like obsession and it tip tip tips on the uh <laughs> The fetish door, uh, fetish mm-hmm. force. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even like, the other bartenders heard it and they were just like, Was she just talking about your lips? And I was like, Yeah, she was. Right. What you mean? I love that big nose he got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. She, I love those braids that you- <laughs> Right. Like, your skin. I get that too a lot. Like your skin. Oh my god, your complexion. I get I that's one thing thank God I always had on my side was my complexion and then like my skin. Luckily I was blessed with like nice skin. But yeah, that shit is even wild. Because like we grew up thinking that, oh, I'm ugly as shit, I'm dark-skinned. And then, like, you get older and you realize, no, women really love dark-skinned yeah. niggas. I'm like, this is a flex. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you imagine waiting to be, like, 20-something to be like, oh, so bitches like me? Yeah, this is a flex and I don't even gotta try. Right. Like, I knew it was a flex when, like, women would be, like, what products do you use? Like, baby, I just use soap and water. <laughs> I wake up like this, honey. I woke up like this. <laughs> Flawless. Flawless. <laughs> hey, I've been a bad bitch a long time, nigga. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard work. You know? Hey, hey. I woke up like pretty hurts, nigga. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. We've had fun so far, so it's time to bring the shit down a little bit. You know, listen to Pat. Bro, RIP to Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan. I miss his TikTok, like his quarantine TikTok. Iconic. It was like this nigga was like the gay white uncle that we all needed at the time. Yes. Like it was wholesome. He would say some like crazy shit every now and then, but it would be like it was so like you could tell he had like just a good spirit. And so he was like, from Mississippi. R.I.P. Leslie Jordan. His who, accent. That accent used to kill me. Right. Well, <laughs> shit. Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> he was talking about something one time. He was like, me and my mom and them, you know, and them, that's a southern term, and them just mean, you know, everybody that's around. I know. <laughs> like, just so pure and so just like, ugh. Like, Bro, I that's why when people be like acting like that, like the woke media 
has made it to where they don't like black people don't like white people. Bull fucking shit. We love us what? a good southern white person we who stand. is clearly not racist. Betty like, White now? Right. Like, no, we, I fucks with Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I fucks with Leslie Jordan. Yeah, That's especially, my nigga. Especially like the older whites who escaped being racist is like... Right. It, they got the southern charm without the racism. That's a perfect dynamic. That's all we want. <laughs> right. We're not asking for too much, my brothers and sisters. Just keep it simple. Stay out the way. Right. Like, Dolly Parton? Niggas love Dolly Parton. Niggas love Dolly Parton. Hey, I met Dolly Parton when I was like fourth grade. She came to Lynn Fanning. And I was like, I will stand. I didn't say stand, of course, because that didn't exist then. But I was like, you wanted a good one. So now. Oh shit. Dolly, Dolly wanted a good planning. one. Right. Apparently, like this was the uh urban legend of the playground at the time. That Mr. Simmons, who was our counselor, which when you're an elementary school in the rural south, your counselor just comes in to give you pep talks every month. That's all they fucking do. But Mr. Uh, Simmons, I think that was his name. He seemed like a good old white boy, like a good old guy. And he, he was a cousin of Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> and Dolly actually showed up to fucking live Fanny one day. That's crazy. And he was like, oh, dude. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's different now. But in the 90s, I feel like niggas were fully aware of, like, country stars. Yeah. I knew, we knew who Reba McIntyre was before the fucking show. Billy Ray. We knew who Shania Twain Shania was. Shania Twain. Leanne Rhymes. Faith uh, Hill. Yeah. We knew we them. Knew, <laughs> hey. <laughs> we do. We do. We knew them. So it was like, I don't know. If, and that's, that's also the the Touched by Angel years. Ooh, to yeah. where they had like Randy Travis and Winona on mm-hmm. fucking shows. God damn. We old as fuck, nigga. I see to her too. Yeah. Uh, her, her mama died. Her mama died a couple months ago. Hey. This shit. And growing up in the... I wouldn't trade growing up in the South for nothing. Yeah. It's uh, it's wholesome in some ways. Being black and Southern is elite. It's like, we're as close to our roots as you can be in this country. Yeah. True. And, True. and I appreciate it now. It's like, yeah, we got cousins in L.A., Maryland, Washington, D.C., Chicago, and all these other places that niggas left the South. But we can really, like, point to where our people is from in this mm-hmm. country. That's, that's as good of a flex as you got as being an African-American. Mm-hmm.
South. We I had the whole uh, pumpkin pie versus sweet potato pie debate at work because we had pumpkin pie this week. And I was like, now let's talk about why we got pumpkin pie and not sweet potato pie. And all the white people were shook. Like even the GM, he was like, he's like, you mean sweet potato casserole? And I was like, no. No, nigga. <laughs> Sweet potato pie. I was like, we didn't have sweet potato casserole. I said sweet potato pie. He was like, right. sweet potato pie. And I was like, whoa. Hold up. Is it like, is sweet potato pie truly a black thing? Because white people don't know nothing about it. I don't know, bro. Because I feel like, for me, I feel like if you were white and southern, and like your family is like from the south, you had to experience some of this nigga shit at some, some point. Some point, you had a black woman to cook for you at some point that puts you on some sweet potato pie. And you know what? I had the pumpkin pie, and it just don't hit the same. Like no. for two pies I, that look exactly the same, it just is not the same. Whole different experience. And I was explaining to them, I was like. Sweet potato pie is a black cultural thing. Like, yes, none of the black people at work touch anything pumpkin. Like, we don't do none of the pumpkin spice lattes, none of the pumpkin cream, whatever. Like, no. Pumpkin I took it all the way back. I was like, this sweet potatoes were a major crop in Africa. Yes, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I have I have helped in the radicalization of Kim Johnson. <laughs> Actually. I was like, yeah. And I was, I was just talking to them. They're just like, well, uh, pumpkin pie is just more of like, it's an American like classic. It's American staple. And I was like, no, it's white it's culture. White it's white culture. I was like, the same way we eat hot dogs for 4th of July, it's white culture. You can put a spin on it and maybe have a bratwurst or some Italian sausage or some shit, but it's not white it's shit. not a classic. It's white culture. Also, like nigga shit, like we niggify everything. So like burnt hot dogs is a different yeah. but that's nigga shit. Like, mm-hmm. look, I don't know if we gonna use all the parts of the pig on this one, but we gonna make sure this motherfucker cook. <laughs> Put some crisp on my hot dog, please. Right. Like, hey, I, it ain't black enough for me. <laughs> you got, the you got to be a little crunchy. <laughs> Niggas is like, hot dogs ain't black enough for me. That is so... <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to withstand the sauces that I'm about to put on it. If you understand, then you overstand. And if you overstand, then you understand. Classic word. That's it. But I was just like, yeah, bro. Like, y'all get so excited about pumpkin pie and y'all ain't had sweet potato pie. Like, right. they even got patty pies in Walmart. Y'all gotta get, exactly. y'all gotta get you a patty pie. <laughs> hey, I love Patty LaBelle with all my life. I will give a white person a patty pie to let them experience <laughs> sweet potato pie. I and told you know, them. I said, I'm gonna get my mama to make a sweet potato pie. Y'all gonna eat it. Hey, if if my mama make a sweet potato pie for white people, she gonna have to make patty pies. (laughs) 
Patricia Woods Pies is going to be selling out in suburban neighborhoods. <laughs> it just can't be the same. Like, I was explaining the ingredients. I'm like, it's really simple. Like, it's the sweet potato, butter. Some people use a little condensed milk, cinnamon nutmeg, maybe a little lemon if you're bougie. If you're I'm going to see what's, what's in pumpkin pie versus versus sweet potato pie because it just it's different. But you know what's crazy? They have fully experimented with sweet potatoes as like fries. Yeah. But it's wild that they have never been like, you know what would be good? <laughs> if we made this motherfucker into a pie. It's like, yeah, my brother, you could be hey, your whole life could change. You can have whatever you like. Once you start fucking with sweet potatoes. Cornstarch. Um speaking of uh different opinions of uh foods, I saw a debate in the last couple of days on Twitter where people were debating who has the best macaroni in the diaspora. In the African diaspora. Somebody was like, um, Caribbeans have the worst macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and then people were like, you mean Jamaicans, and they call it macaroni pie or some bullshit. Mm. I ain't shit. No- Look, if y'all listen to y'all uh, Jamaicans, by all means, stand up for y'all shit. But niggas was talking bad about y'all. So I'm just reporting this. <laughs> I ain't putting nothing in my mouth called no macaroni pie. But you know what? I think I've had macaroni pie. I've been a frequent flyer of, of Caribbean places. Seems like... I've been I've eaten macaroni pie before at Mangoes. Which I mm. liked it. They say macaroni pie, the difference is it's harder than macaroni and cheese. But then I'd be thinking about niggas the way we make baked macaroni and pie macaroni and cheese. It's not yeah, that like, much of a difference. It can't be that much different than just some baked macaroni. And I was scrolling through the thread and I was just like, as a consumer of macaroni and cheese from a southern black woman my whole life, it doesn't seem that different. But they say it's drier, according to them. But they also say that, uh, I can't remember which Caribbean, uh, they said Haitian um, macaroni cheese is. A good macaroni and cheese after African Americans macaroni and cheese. Hmm. So we got the number one. I even I saw a lot of Caribbean niggas saying that we had the number one, and you know they never like to give us credit for shit. Yeah. I heard, niggas was. Uh, I'll give it to Twitter niggas at this time. They were they were saying we had the number one macaroni and cheese. Which until they said that, I never even thought there was a different macaroni and cheese. Me neither. 
That's how ingrained in the shit we are. Listen. Shooketh. I'm just glad that we finally get some credit for something. Right. Everybody, we talking shit about us? Hey, we we make the culture, bro. And I think this is why we gotta end on this note. So because we didn't put out an episode last week, for several reasons, let, let, first off, let me say, it's just like, we're, we're life is life and for both of us. Everybody is going to just have to be patient with this. If you're not patient, fuck you niggas. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> September nah, to November just be like it'd be hard for both of us. For me. It like um like you're busy as hell because you're booked and busy and a fly ass nigga. <laughs> me, I'm just bro, like I'm going through my own emotional shit. I'm trying to get right for myself. Yeah. Everybody be just please just respect that. Yeah. Everybody has been respectful for the most part. I also do want to give y'all niggas credit. Nobody's like acting like we are doing them some injustice. People be ready for content, but everybody's been very respectful. And yeah, I'm very appreciative of that. I'm very because I always be like, fuck, like. Uh, it's always my fault. Like I always got some shit to do. I'm always tired as fuck. I just be trying to lay down, bro. <laughs> like I have not woken up. I don't think in six weeks and just felt like, oh, okay, I got some rest. Yeah. <clears throat> now last weekend, that long ass nap I took. Hey, you're out for the count, bro. Boy, I, I respect that. it. I, was, I respect the nigga. That was some deep sleep, bro. Like I ain't know where I was. That's the best sleep in the world. Like, I looked at my phone. I said nine thirty-seven. <laughs> I did. I, I did. I was like, I was like, AM. Like, is it the morning? Like, is it the next day? <laughs> That's how you know you be tired as fuck. I had a dream. No lie, I had a dream last night. That I was a kid still living in my parents' house, and that my daddy, for some reason, woke me up early on some you gotta be a man shit. And I was just thinking, I can't wait till I get older. And I woke up and I was like, nigga, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> but um, I'm very appreciative of everybody. Who understands that? Like, bro, we ain't getting paid for this shit, nigga. Like, <laughs> we both work full fucking time and we love entertaining people, but god damn, nigga. Life be kicking both of our asses at different times. 
I'm telling you, bro. Some days I just don't even have it in me. Like I just, I just be like, it be some days where I don't even speak to me. <laughs> like, right, bro. It it be like some days I'd be like, I ain't even gonna text nobody today. Yeah, like, like I, nobody. I might tweet something and somebody respond. It ain't being rude or nothing. It's just, nigga, I'm fucking trying to survive. And then but my I, parents hit me up like, you okay? <laughs> right. Like, Dang. Like, I know I disappeared, but yep. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I listened to Tipping Point this week. It had been a while since they recorded. And Ronnie was talking about, like, the idea of getting ghosts every now and then, or just pretty, like, not really ghosting, but just making time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can relate to that so much, because the part of podcasting that people never tell you is how taxing it is to talk about your feelings. Mm. And then edit your feelings and then put them out for people to feel free to uh, correct or criticize. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that criticize part of it is the part of it that they never tell you about in these YouTube videos when you're trying to uh, find out how to podcast. Yeah. Because you're putting, you are putting yourself out there. And it's a certain level of it that we're used to it because of how we're doing this, but sometimes we'd be doing some, like, we'd be just living our life, and we ain't trying to have people, like, beat up in our shit. Yep. And, literally. And I'm glad that most of our people who listen, respect, and understand that. I'll, all of the people that listen, that reach out to us, respect and understand that. And I love that so much. I would rather have the people who listen and respect and are excited when we put episodes out and hit us up than to be a million pot like a million listens an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I'd rather be like quality listeners. Right. And a lot of the people that listen are really like concerned about us at different times and that love means so much to like I'll speak for me but I know just having good energy out there for both of us mm-hmm. can't be mad at so I, thank you to all y'all but at the same time we gotta save ourselves at times yeah for sure Honestly, my my main goal is just like rest and yeah. and I'm trying to like rejuvenate. Like just like by the end of the year, like I just want to be like completely settled in here. Like that's been my biggest thing is just like getting everything settled in here to where it feels more like homey and not just like this empty, airy apartment. Cause baby, these tall ceilings make you feel <laughs> real bare, real easy. Yeah. And I just like, I don't know, getting off of work and coming home to an empty apartment 
my bed being the only place that I've had to like chill in for the last couple months, like you just start to feel, I don't know. I I don't want to say drained, but also like, I think it just made me like more lethargic. You know what I'm saying? Like not having a place to chill. That's not the bed. Yeah. You just, I don't know. For me, I just want to settle in. Just rebirth. (laughs) Yeah. For me, I'm glad that um, in my apartment and in here, I might not have had much else, but I was glad that I was able to have a living room with, like, furniture. So, like, I only use my room to sleep. I don't even have a TV in my room. Mm-hmm. So, like, that makes my sleep level more, like, uh, more fulfilling, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just living by yourself can be such a beautiful thing, but also lonely at times. But for the most part, only having to deal with your shit or at worst, a uh, uh, messy basset hound. Yeah. <laughs> is, is not too bad. So, yeah. Just thank you to everybody, though. Yeah. It's not easy being an adult. It's not easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> We got to talk about one thing before we get off. Preach, preacher. When it all falls down. Mm. I'm telling you, oh, oh, when it all falls down. We buy our way out of jail, but we can't buy freedom. We buy a lot of clothes, but we don't really need them. Things we buy to cover up what's inside. Because they made us hate ourselves and love their wealth. wealth. It seems we live in the American dream. But people high us up. up. Got the lowest self-esteem. The prettiest people do the ugliest things. things. On the the road road to riches. riches And and down the (sighs) streets. He foresaw his old downfall. I swear. I swear. I was listening to that the other day and I was like, Bro. You were were right here. You were right here with us. There is a YouTube a YouTuber who does uh, what are they called? Uh, Audio essays, mm-hmm. and he he his name is FD Signifier. And a year ago, he made the rise and fall of Kanye West, bro. So he ends like after like all the MAGA shit and everything else. But he like I watch. When it first came out, I watched 
the Rise episode and I watched the Fall episode. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it after the last couple weeks, I just be like, Kanye really threw away a Hall of Fame career. For what? And so fast and so easily. Bro, he worked so hard. And the this is not the worst thing that will happen from this, but a bad thing that happened from all of this is the idea that he just like the music was so good that we forgave him for so much bullshit. That's how good he was. And I feel like one of the shames that will happen down the line is people will be like, what the fuck was going on? He was so goddamn good. That and he he came back. He apologized. He would be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry for saying slavery was a choice," which is gonna sound insane to say now. Yeah. Or he was now. He was sorry for all this other stuff, and then plus the fact that this was happening when he was having a literal manic episode. At the time, we were like, bro, he's dealing with some serious shit. And I do feel like he is having a manic episode right now. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird. He was willing to throw away everything. Like, he built himself up to, like... I've, I've been trying to take myself out of, like, fan mode lately. But he, it's going to be hard to explain to our children or our uh, nieces and nephews when they get older. Just the level that Kanye built himself up to. Mm-hmm. Musically, like, was like a claim across the boards. And threw all of this shit away to get approval from white racists. The thing that I've been seeing a lot on on social media is people not fully understanding anti-Semitism. Yeah. And we've talked about it on this podcast at different times. Um, also, when Kanye was wildin'. Well, no, not Kanye. When uh, Nick Cannon had his little episode where oh, he yeah. got where he got canceled for that little bit. Mm-hmm. The thing that I feel like a lot of black people are missing. Well, not even a lot. I think most black people understand why anti-Semitism is bad and the different ways you can um, add to anti-Semitism. But I, th- I think the thing that people are missing is a lot of things that they're saying are first wrong and second are a detriment to 
our Jewish brothers, sisters, and cousins. For one, let's just do a numbers thing. When I looked it up, 7,500 to about 15... Well, not 7,500. 75... What was it? 7.5 million Jewish people live in America. The highest number is like 15 million Jewish people. The number of black people that live in America is upwards of 50 million. We only make up 12% of the population. Mm-hmm. So the idea that like people that make up like 6% of the population in America, which America has the largest amount of Jewish people in the world, I believe outside of Israel. But I think we actually may have more people in America that are Jewish than Israel. We don't understand that the reason that it's not more Jewish people is because they were fucking killed for years. Not even just the Holocaust. We're talking about... Holocaust was a big one. Holocaust was... I saw a thing where people were talking about 75 years ago was gas chambers and Holocaust. That's not a long time. Yeah, it's really not. My grandfather, if he had been alive today, would be 81. Emmett Till would be 81. Joe Biden is 79. Yes, a lot of people, parents that are here that went through this shit. Right. Like somebody, like Peter Rosenberg, we talked about on the on the lost episode that I may put out one day. <laughs> Peter Rosenberg's mom was born in a concentration camp. This is recent history. Yeah. And you're playing with these people's ancestors after you already played with your own ancestors. Fuck that nigga. It's like, like you're trying to rewrite history. This nigga has clearly said he does not read. And motherfuckers is telling us left and right that we don't see the bigger picture. No, nigga, neither do you. Because the thing that you're not thinking about is these are things that Adolf Hitler was talking about and led to a mass extermination of an ethnic group. Along with other ethnic groups, including mm-hmm. black people, including uh, the Roma people, including handicapped people, including uh, gay people, including a whole bunch of people that they felt were undesirable. But the idea that you're going to run with that quote unquote, the Jewish media runs the world. It's what led to the deaths in the Holocaust. <laughs> what led to the deaths in the Spanish Inquisition. And led to the deaths of just different genocides that have happened to where Jewish Americans and Jewish people around the country feel like 
they have a slogan. This I feels like they have a slogan where they say "Never again." And we're seeing a rise in anti-Semitism. All right, brief warning. This has hate speech in it. I'll try to speak out as much as possible, but yeah. I would say this, and I'm just saying that was four Jewish members that controlled my voice because for the fact that 90% of Black people in entertainment from sports to music to acting are in some way tied into Jewish business people, meaning that in some way, just like hey, speech. Rom is sitting next to Obama or Jared sitting next to Trump, there's a Jewish person right there controlling the, the, the country. Hey, speech. Controlling that <laughs> who gets the best video or not. Controlling what the media says about it's me. a person, not Jewish. Let me just say the person he's talking are, to though. is Jewish. That's the show. only thing. It just so happens that they are. It just you so happens that they are. It, that doesn't a, mean that I hate them. Yes, that yes, just yes. means that they are. But it's a, it's a dog whistle to... Let me, let me just say, as I would love to add more love to the world, I would love you to do that as a person with a big voice, with a big, powerful voice that a lot of people look up to. And when you say Jewish media, it's funny how this world works that way. When you say Jewish media or Jews are controlling the voice of black artists, black people, am, black artists, am, am when I, you say that... Am I not allowed to say it out loud? You can say it. There's a large number of people that are hurting and have anger and even have hate in their heart when they hear when they hear Jewish media, they start that hate starts being directed towards the Jewish people. Do you acknowledge that that's do you understand can you feel the hate in the world that's when that uh that comes to the surface when you say stuff like that? This nigga gone, bro. He can't. That's the problem. He don't understand what he's saying. Like it's just like this other clip of a post. I don't know if what I'll edit. Man, fuck it, bro. We vibing. I feel like we're in a good space. <laughs> <clears throat> One second. People get judged. You know what I'm saying? Like there's nobody that gets judged more than a straight white male. The straight white male has the least amount of a platform to even speak. A straight white male can't say, my wife hurt me today. Because people will say, well, you're hurting women. A straight white male can't say, hey, a black employee didn't come in to work on time. Because then people will say, you're racist. A straight white male can't speak on a homosexual person because uh, they'll say you're, ho you're homophobic. And so I empathize with the position of the straight white male. And part of the reason why I empathize with that position is because I know that I'm headed to that position. And what position that is? That is top power position. Okay. <laughs> that's the top power position where you get all the rocks thrown. And okay. that's, that's the thing. I, I have friends, right, that will like, you know, actually that's the reason why I'm going to be a good leader someday because I'm really empathetic but I call black people out on their stuff. I call white people out on their stuff because we're all people. We're actually only one species. 
And in order to, whether it's my friends texting me like, bro, you got to get in the gym. You're looking chubby in the photo. You know, it's like we have to hold each other accountable to what's actually happening. And it's so much is based on you did that tweet wrong. So what I will say is I feel that my words demand more sensitivity for the freak. This nigga really just said white men can't say anything without judgment. Which, to be all the way honest, we hear more from white men than any other men about how they feel about shit. Ooh, child. The worst part of it is he says he's thinking about that because he wants to be in that position. Bro, if you told me in 2014 when I was listening to College Dropout that Kanye West would be a white supremacist. <laughs> like, what in the hell? Like, nigga, what the... What the fuck you mean he gonna be a white supremacist? Like, be like, nigga, you see that Chappelle show uh, episode with Clayton Bixby? Be like, that's that nigga Kanye. Be like, get the fuck out of here, nigga. Get the... It ain't no way. It is way. Like, it is who- definitely way. Who are his friends? He don't have uh, other than Other than Candace Owens. Which, Bro. I mean... Honestly, you know what's crazy is like all the flag he's been getting from media and all his media appearances and interviews and shit. She ain't been coming to his rescue. He made her relevant. That's the funnier shit. She no. got what she wanted. Right. No, you know what the even funnier, funnier, funnier shit is? The idea that like how do I say this? The idea that she was just like, you know, it'd be a good idea, Kanye. And he actually listened to it and he lost like billions, literally billions of dollars. I'm just and thinking. She, and she was like, ha, gotcha, bitch. Right. Like, he's the ultimate mark. He listens to a woman who is moderately attractive as a black woman. People be saying she ugly. It ain't that. You know what it is? She don't know how to wear makeup to attract black niggas. She just finally started getting her hair together. Bro, the hair and the makeup is a dead giveaway. Yep, every time. If the hair or women, you want to know if a nigga's hairline ain't intact, he ain't date black girls. If a nigga, if niggas, if his shoes dirty. He ain't date black girls. If uh, if you are a black woman who is trying to discern with a black man, I mean, no. If you're a black man that's trying to discern with a black woman. If her wig ain't straight and the baby hairs don't look good and the closure ain't good, 
She don't fuck with niggas. They get what? Not your kind. Right. Somebody who has been on this earth soon to be 34 years. If that nigga's hairline is fucked up. Or if her wig is fucked up. Or the weed fucked up. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. She's lost. Lost in the world. So far gone. Right. She is on Kanye level. Now, fuck that. Kanye even keep a good fucking hairline. If you date a white woman... These are facts. If you date a white woman that only date niggas, your hairline gotta be right, too. (laughs) 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 We should have been concerned with Kanye when he started getting them shapes and shit carved in his head. That's nutty nigga. That's nutty nigga behavior. <laughs> like, oh, so you just let somebody just carve some shit in your head? Oh, okay, nutty ass nigga. That shit was wild, bro. I can't believe this Kanye shit though. It hurts me so bad. Like, I know niggas gonna joke because people be like hit me up, be like your boy Wallace. Like, he ain't my fucking boy no more. But god damn it, bro. You don't know how it feels. Like, this nigga made my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Watch the throne. Apparently, he's losing everything. Like, I know he lost his Adidas deal. He lost his Adidas deal. He lost um, his representation with management. They have started to take him off Spotify playlists and Apple Music playlists. They have suspended the school he started. They have... He showed up unexpectedly to Skechers trying to talk to the president and everything and was escorted off the campus of Skechers which is fucking hilarious <laughs> that as Skechers, they're like, nigga, we don't need you over here. Hell no. He uh, sent a, a message to 50 Cent on Instagram saying he had designs for schools in Houston. 50 Cent responded, uh okay nigga I'm down to do schools in Houston but you hot right now (laughs) 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 when 50 leave it it to 50 (laughs) when 50 say you hot right now that's a wild shit yeah when Boosie and 50 cent are the fucking uh Voice of reason? Moral police. You fucking up, nigga. Yeah, yeah. The other fucked up thing about like the Kanye shit is even if you are his friend, you can't send him a message because you can't trust that he won't leak the goddamn message mm-hmm. to the fucking media because this yeah. nigga is clearly manic. Like everything, every move he makes is in the media. He puts yeah, it and, yeah, and he's doing the shit himself. And he want to call niggas fucking feds. That's some fucking snitch like behavior. 
He went on that drink champ. Oh no, he he called Puff out for saying that he was wrong. Then went on drink champ shit. Said all this fucking anti-Semitic shit. Nori went on his little fucking tear talking about that he had the number one interview. They took the shit down with YouTube and that. And motherfuckers kept putting fucking microphones in Kanye's face. Well, he's clearly having a manic episode. And that's not even an excuse for like the the anti-Semitic things he said or the things he said about George Floyd and George Floyd's family and all of the lies he's been saying. But it's just like, God damn, man. He built all this shit up to tear it down. Like he's like he's gonna have to lose it all and be back to square one. Yep. On the block of Chicago. And you did last said that shit. You said that shit. And you were a hundred percent correct. And then we also had talked about the thing to where we're like, we hope he loses everything. At this point. Our prayers are coming true. The prayer circle worked, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I don't ever really, you know, wish on people's downfall like this. Me neither. Bro, but... He's he's creating his own downfall. So, at this point, you might as well fall all the way flat. And I'm glad that we at least put the episode out where we were talking about... We were done with him just based on the George Floyd shit. Because I feel like that's some that's some nasty business, bro. Yeah, that's enough. That like, bro, it's wild. I don't give a fuck what happened in that Candace Owens interview, but the idea that you can say that Derek Chauvin's knee being in uh George Floyd's neck for eight minutes. It's not the reason why he died while Derek Chauvin is in fucking jail for murder as a police officer in America. That shit don't fucking happen. So miss me with all that bullshit, bro. I'm done with Kanye and I'm done with these niggas. And look, I'm be honest. I was one of these niggas making excuses for all this shit. But I'm done with all these niggas that be like, y'all ain't seeing the bigger picture. Y'all ain't seeing the bigger picture. He gonna come. This nigga went to Skechers and got goddamn kicked out. (laughs) There is no bigger picture. Right. You think a nigga goes on a fucking anti-Semitic rant and he's seeing the the bigger picture? He's showing his ass. Like, that's not... Right. This is not a strategic thing. No! There's nothing that he's going to gain from this. No! He can only alienate... He can only alienate his fan bases on both sides. And then... This nigga is a trash-ass fucking nigga, bro. Mm -hmm. And I, I was caught up. 
I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna be all the way honest. I was caught up because because I'm such a music nigga, and I be thinking that you can apply all this shit to modern day circumstance. But it's different to feel like Miles Davis was an asshole, or Marvin Gaye was an asshole, or Sam Cooke was a fucking asshole, and they were all misogynistic, abusive ass niggas. But it's different when you live. In the era of those niggas. Yeah. I can't support Chris Brown. I can't support Tory Lanez. I can't support R. Kelly. I can't support Kanye. It's not settled. I don't like. It's just different. But what I will say is. I do think it is bullshit that they're starting to pull Kanye off of Spotify and Apple Music, but they won't pull R. Kelly off of shit. Yeah. Or they People won't pull a so whole bunch of other arguments behind R. Kelly. Fuck Step in the Name of Love. The nigga's a fucking kitty raper. Fuck him. Literally. And fuck Kanye West. I hate to say it, hope I don't sound ridiculous. But he's the man that sold the world. Like one of my favorite David Bowie songs is The Man That Sold the World. And this is the man that sold the world. No one man should have all that power. And it all fell down. R.I.P. Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our links and merchandise at www.thesuburbanpodcast.com. You can also get your listens in on any of these streaming services, such as Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Episodes come out every Friday. Boom, boom, boom.